Carbon Capture Gaining Traction, November 19, 2023. Carbon Capture and Sequestration, CCS, faces daunting math. Mike Semblis, JP Morgan Asset Management's Chairman of Market and Investment Strategy, publishes a well-researched and insightful annual energy paper. In the 13th edition last March, he provided the sobering CCS math that sequestering just 15% of the U.S.'s annual CO2 output would involve the same volume as all the oil moving through our distribution and refining system. That's a lot of infrastructure. He has good reason to be a skeptic on the ability of CCS to have much impact. Research shows that many projects fail to complete or fail to deliver their promised volumes. Nonetheless, commercial involvement in CCS is growing, helped in the U.S. by last year's misnamed Inflation Reduction Act and its tax credits for carbon capture. Because there's no cap on the 45Q credits, private estimates of their costs are substantially higher than the $3.5 billion provided by the Congressional Budget Office. Goldman Sachs projects them to be 10 times more costly. The Brookings Institute thinks the overall legislation will cost a trillion dollars in direct spending and tax credits, more than three times government estimates. America prefers tax credits to reward emissions reduction, whereas many other countries impose taxes on those who generate them. Occidental is leading the charge to scoop up federal handouts. They're spending $1.3 billion to build the world's biggest direct air capture facility in West Texas called Stratus. BlackRock recently agreed to invest $550 million in the project. Stratos is expected to be in operation by 2025. They've already sold carbon credits to Amazon and all Nippon Airways and have sold 65% of the plant's capacity through 2030. Many companies are concluding that it's more impactful for offsetting carbon credits rather than trying to curb their own emissions. Stratos will remove 500,000 metric tons of CO2 annually, insignificant versus U.S. annual emissions of 6.3 billion metric tons of CO2 equivalent. But Occidental CEO Vicky Holub has big plans for direct air capture. She thinks Occidental could build up to 100 plants similar to Stratos and by licensing the technology out, enable perhaps thousands more. ExxonMobil is partnering with Indonesia's state oil company, Pertamina, to invest $2 billion evaluating a potential storage site in the Java Sea. The infrastructure challenge Mike Semblis cited above assumes that CO2 has to be transported to permanent storage, which usually means finding a place underground with the right geology. But CO2 in the ambient air has a fairly uniform concentration throughout the world's atmosphere of around 417 parts per million, or 0.04%. This means that direct air capture plants can be located above the storage location, eliminating the need for pipeline infrastructure to transport the CO2 and improving feasibility. Often, the best rock formations are the same ones that held hydrocarbons previously, which creates the beautiful symmetry of returning carbon atoms to their point of origin, just as a different molecule. NLINK and BKV Corporation just announced the successful sequestration of CO2 in a well in the Barnett Shell in North Texas. The CO2 was captured from a natural gas processing facility where concentrations can be a thousand times or more the 0.04% in the atmosphere. NLINK plans to build a CCS business in Louisiana, capturing emissions from petrochemical customers supplied with natural gas via NLINK's pipelines. Given their $6 billion market cap, they offer more concentrated CCS exposure than many larger companies in the sector. 
Climate extremists, rarely accused of serious thought on the subject, generally oppose carbon capture as prolonging the world's reliance on fossil fuels. They should welcome anything that cost-effectively removes CO2 from the atmosphere. Instead, they throw paint at priceless art, proving that they're both Philistines and that the UK criminal code has been hijacked by liberals. You don't see that behavior in the US, nor the traffic disruption they cause by marching in the road. American drivers so delayed would naturally hit the gas, reducing the odds of repeat offenders. Throw in the disgusting marches in support of Hamas, and Britain, where I grew up, is sliding towards left-wing-sponsored anarchy. Following up on last week's blog, see Will We Use More Hydrogen, Germany is planning a 6,000-mile hydrogen pipeline network costing around 20 billion euros, which is about $21 billion, by 2032. Encouragingly, for U.S. natural gas pipeline owners, 60% of this network will repurpose existing nat gas pipelines, showing their versatility during the energy transition. Germany has had a bad energy transition so far, marked by great expense and huge strategic errors. Reliance on Russian natural gas, eliminated nuclear power, industry fleeing to cheaper energy such as in the U.S., They offer little to emulate. The technical adaptability of gas pipelines is the main positive in their hydrogen story. Germany will be producing more hydrogen than they can use domestically, so plan to export 70% to neighboring countries. Let's hope there's demand. Finally, I spent last week seeing clients in Arizona and had the opportunity to play golf with two long-time investors. It was warm, sunny, and welcoming. Scottsdale is mercifully free of the homeless drug addicts that disgrace so many downtowns, even though China's premier is not scheduled to visit. At least one city government has its act together.